Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and more. We're also on Dash Radio. Download the Dash Radio app for free. Search for Nothing But Net. We're there every single day at 7 p.m. Also, the Five Reasons YouTube channel, the premiere of Marlins on Tap, sponsored by Biscayne Bay Brewing, was tonight. You can catch that anytime tomorrow before the Marlins opener. And, of course, we have our post-up show hosted by Royal Shepherd that's going on right now after every Heat game with the Five Reasons Skyforce crew. Also, FiveReasonSports.com, F-I-V-E, ReasonSports.com. The latest articles, Brady's, is already up from the Heat's latest win at Indiana. And, of course, the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, including a sponsor of this episode. Check out Best Ever. This is B-S-T-E-V-R.com. That's B-S-T evr.com if you haven't tried it yet if you're an nfl fan why not it's free you can simulate anything former teams against current teams you can put players on different teams than they, they were on to see how a game would have gone if you want to simulate what the dolphins offseason has looked so far with the addition of will fuller at receiver you can play the current dolphins against last year's dolphins you can put another quarterback in for tua play herbert instead of tua if you really want to make that argument you can do just about anything they'll give you a full box score they'll give you a full game game story it's really really cool so just check it out play around with it for five minutes cost you nothing just sign up bstevr.com and yes the nba platform is coming soon we're going to be using it here a lot on five on the floor and on the youtube channel and now tonight's episode one two three four five on the floor welcome to five on the floor a daily show on the miami heat and the nba featuring ethan skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, the Miami Heat win tonight. Here's tonight's floor plan. Two in a row. We've got Greg Sylvander. We've got Alex Toledo. Tomorrow, of course, the Heat are back in the arena to play Golden State. Victor Oladipo is scheduled to make his debut. At least that's what Eric Spolstra said today. But the Heat get a win against Oladipo's old team. They squeeze the life out of the game in the fourth quarter. They do it with defense. Really didn't accomplish much offensively in the last six minutes, but didn't need to after an early run, a double-digit run with the Heat going scoreless at the start of the third. Miami held Indiana under 30 points for the last, what would this be now, 21 minutes of the second half. So just elite defense tonight. And Duncan Robinson is now 22 of 37 from the field. That's about 65% since the trade deadline. So if you don't think that was hanging over his head I think the uh, the evidence uh, suggests otherwise. But let's start with the defense tonight, Alex. Um, we talk about what Oladipo is going to bring, and I was just kind of imagining, not, not to disparage Hero, because I thought actually he competed defensively at the end of the game pretty well tonight. But I was just imagining sticking Oladipo in for Tyler Hero in that defense. I mean, Indiana was not getting any good shots against a group that included Hero and Robinson which is one of the things we talked about being the weakness of this team. Yeah, I mean, look, this team is one that has, you know, throughout every month of the season gotten better and better on the defensive end and has slowly made me trust them more and more because, and I was telling late this before the show, this is kind of the mold of the Heat team that I'm used to trusting when as far as like a talented contender of a Miami Heat team, it's usually the mold, you know, opposite of last year where it's, uh, you know, you got everything. You got the foundation on defense. Everything is is tough. It's rough. It's it's a crisp. Everybody's on a string. 
And then on offense, you figure it out. And I feel, you know, the offense has obviously been a problem throughout this whole time. And we've talked about it at nauseum. And look, the, the thing that I feel now is Jimmy is going to get them control in the fourth, right? Now, the problem is, and this is going to, you know, relate back to the Vic thing is they don't have enough outside of that fourth quarter, you know, like they had to dig in from that, the midway through the second quarter there. And Jimmy has to, you know, put a cape on, shout out Tiffany Meeks and do everything for them. Right. And I think that's kind of what happened tonight where, you know, obviously him and Bam had terrible starts in the, in the first quarter there in the first half, but like they really dug down and defended. Right. And that was, it was Spo was talking about just now post game. And that's the difference between them. I think like the past couple of months and the beginning couple of months, and to me, Depot, like, he's just going to take so much pressure off Jimmy to be that guy all the time because they really do need somebody else who could attack the rim, who can go north-south. And Tyler really tries his best, but he's not that guy yet. And Goron tries his best, and he can still get downhill when he gets, bam, uh, you know, screening and rolling. But it's just not the same level he was playing at last year. So I just think Depot, and, you know, he's had a lot more drives this year than, than the past couple of seasons. I think he's going to really, really help in that part. And I, I was imagining him, too during that game, I was doing the same thought process because I could easily see him, you know, playing with some space, more space than he played in Houston, just getting to the rim and, and making stuff happen from there. Yeah. I mean, uh, like just to jump in here down the stretch of that game, like I, I know we've not done a lot of hope trafficking this season and we've um, even been maybe slightly pessimistic at, at times, which for a, a podcast that I'm on, that's, that's not customary. I think that, uh, that tonight we have to give credit where credit is due. Like this team showed up in a way um, that they really had to on the road. This is a tough team to beat. Like Indy is always tough at Indy and to, to get down by double digits multiple times and come back and, and down the stretch, I, I, there was a sequence. It was around the six or five and a half minute mark where um, Iguodala got a steal and Bam got a steal. And it was just like a back-to-back -back series uh, uh, coupled by uh, like three or four stops where they're just getting defensive rebound after defensive rebound that it just shows that the team is rounding into form. So I'm excited to see Depot supplement this because um, they're kind of looking really good at the right time. And Duncan is doing things like, forget the shooting, Duncan is doing yeah. awesome stuff. Yeah, I mean, the dribble drive. Wing Joe yeah. Harris. Yeah, the, the, the dribble drive uh, on the baseline, which put them up 87, 82. But you, you talk about the sequences. I was actually charting it from about six minutes left. It reminded me of my old days uh, as a beat guy. And if you just looked at their defensive possessions, first thing, I don't think they missed a rotation. Um, every rotation was quick and the hands were up. And when somebody, you know, had to had to rotate, the next guy rotated behind him. We talk about some of the soft switching. I didn't see any of that. Um, they were, they were, they stayed with their guys until they, they, they were had, trapping all game. They, 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 they were doing they, the same they, thing that they did, uh, when the Pacers played here, except they just executed it way better. Like I remember <laughs> that Pacers game in Miami, I was there for that one. And Sabonis was just finding the open shooter every time. And look, their defense has been good the past month or so, but that game, they just did a, a pretty poor job. I think of, of trapping and executing the, you know, the proper rotations like you're talking about. And the, you know, I'm pretty much just agreeing with everything you said because they, you know, Sabonis is obviously still their best player. He's still effective, but he wasn't, you know, dominating and finding all the looks that he was in the last game. And you take a look again at the last six minutes. So they had this great defensive possession when they were down one, 82-81, okay? Jimmy then hits the little pull-up. 
Then you mentioned that puts him up one. Then you mentioned the steal by Iguodala, which leads to the Jimmy layup. McConnell misses a tough fall away, which was not their first option in that possession. And then Jimmy, and then, excuse me, Iguodala again. Um, and pretty much then the Duncan baseline drive. And that was it. I mean, Indiana managed the game, I think, poorly down the stretch. I, I don't understand the not fouling there with this roughly 20, 28 seconds left. And, and it's just, there are two things that sort of jump out to me tonight. The first thing is Jimmy and Bam, particularly Jimmy, but Bam has shown more of this ability lately. They can have bad starts to the game and not mentally check out. And that's not the case for every star player in the league sometimes. And I think the reason for that is that neither guy defines himself by his offense. There are some players when they're star players, when they're not shooting well, you watch a Trey young, for example, like Trey young, if he gets off to a bad start in a game, it's probably going to be a bad game. Okay. When I've watched him, there, there are a lot of guys around the league like that. These two guys, it doesn't really seem to, they don't get flustered in that way, particularly Jimmy. The other thing is you can see how the rotation will kind of play out at the end of games. He's going to go with Ariza or Iguodala as one of as as one of the guys, depending on, again, which guy has a rhythm tonight. Iggy really didn't offensively, but he did defensively. So he plays down the stretch and then it's going to be Hero or Robinson, most likely in those situations, because Oladipo is going to be almost certainly out there with Bam and Jimmy. Well, well, the Goron thing is interesting. I, I no, I think I think it could be Goron at times instead of Hero, but we know his predilection is to play Hero every minute of the fourth quarter. <laughs> okay, so I don't know where he sticks now. I thought Goron again, not to look past this, still no explosiveness. Okay, but his scoring and making some jumpers early in the game when they couldn't get anything else going, oh, it was huge. What was huge, and and you know now I guess this would be my question on him. So Oladipo comes back. You still don't have none available. So that kind of makes this thing a little bit easy. Um, I assume that the starting lineup is going to be what? Bam, Ariza, Butler, Robinson, Oladipo, and Dragic is going back to the bench to play with Hero. Is that is that what we're assuming? Yep. That, so it should that, be. That's where I'm at. I think that essentially what you saw tonight from like, if you take away the seven precious Achua minutes and, uh, and Belitza getting um, five, five minutes. I mean, like you're really looking at your eight guys there, but sub out Gabe Vincent for Oladipo. And that's, I think that that's the eight that they're going to go down the stretch with. Um, and that's why this whole like thing about getting a big man, I think they may just abandon that idea. And this is just going to be like, kind of like, uh, that these guys are going to have to play heavier minutes and that's just the way that it's going to go. And that they're going to have to grind it out. You know, what else is uh, fascinating about this team? And we're, we're going to look more ahead with all the depot here after the break is that I've never seen a team that has such a similar roster. And look, most of the players are the same as last year, right? It's still hero. It's still Draga, It's still Robinson. It's still bam. It's still Jimmy, right? I mean, we can talk about no J and you're adding some other guys and you know, again, none still with the team as well. Um, so it's a lot of the same guys, Iguodala, and yet to have some, you know, 75% the same team or the same minutes being chewed up by the same players and to go from an elite offensive team that was a questionable defensive team last season to an elite defensive team that it's is so less weird. than questionable offensively. I've never <laughs> seen it before. And I do think, I know we all graded Eric the other day, but I do think if we're going to talk about his one achievement this year, it is that he has adjusted to the mentality and the strengths of a team that you didn't know was going to have different strengths coming into this season. Like Alex, we've always talked about how 
you know, they could, they had a lot of one-way players. Okay. Other than Bam and Jimmy that basically they could go one direction or the other direction that they were always kind of teetering one way or the other, but it always teetered to the offensive side last year. It is always teetering to the defensive side this year. Can they carry? I mean, <laughs> they didn't have this identity even in the bubble last year as a great defensive team. They were good, but they weren't great. They were great offensively. Can they actually carry this identity forward? I believe so. And that's kind of what I was alluding to in the beginning of this episode. And that's kind of what uh, Spolster was saying there. And, you know, to read his direct quote, he says, we're trying to wrap our minds around our identity, our pathway to success. And a lot of times it's going to be these defensive games, throwback games. Our guys really dug down the last three quarters and defended. That's the identity of the team that I'm expecting now. My expectations have been set. And, you know, in the beginning of the season, it was more, you know, I was expecting them to look more like what they did last year, like you said, as a team that leaned more on the offensive side and the defensive side, especially with Crowder going and them having to rely on, on um, you know, Precious and KZ. And especially with, you know, Avery Bradley coming out of that rotation as early as he did, it just felt like, okay, well, they're going to go right back to being that offensive-minded team. But look, they have been the better defensive team this entire season. And they just look like, like I said, they just keep getting better and better on that end. Oladipo is only going to help tremendously there because they're going to have a, a, a good point of attack defender finally that actually can get on the floor. So I feel really good about them. I think that is their identity now because they, they've proven to us they can defend and they cannot shoot consistently. They can dig themselves out of games with the defense, with Jimmy and Bam doing what they do and, you know, just kind of grinding it out. And I think – they have enough to hit, you know, they have enough shooters to to supplement them now, especially with Oladipo coming in and taking pressure off of everybody. Like, I just think that they're now back to being a defensive-minded team. It's interesting to me to think of whether this is what Spolscher prefers or not, because I do think he enjoys the mad scientist aspect of offense. And, and he's been a mad scientist on defense this year. All and, the different coverages scheming. he's thrown out, like, true. it's so impressive. And, and but But ultimately... Yeah, the culture he came up in with the Heat was not an offensive-minded culture. I mean, they have never. If you if you look back, I'm I'm gonna actually do this if I have a free 30 minutes tomorrow, and look back historically at the Heat and whether they've ranked higher in offense or defense in respective seasons. Oh, and I would bet you. Oh, it's always since defense. Riley took over, it's probably 80 to 90 percent that they've been better on defense than offense. Like last year was the anomaly there. Like in other seasons, you, you look at the Zoe Tim teams always better defensively than offensively, sure. even though Tim was not an elite defender, the big three teams typically except the, the 2012, 2013 season, they were so good offensively that I, I think they were probably close to even 13, 14. They were just bad defensively. So I, you know, or middle of the pack defensively. So maybe it tilted, but the first two years of the big three, Look, it was well-documented. I mean, one of the reasons they struggled offensively for the first two, three months of that season was they spent the whole training camp on defense. That's all they drilled with that group. And, and it's just, it, it's interesting to me to see kind of now them taking on this defensive mentality because it feels, I, I'm, I'm with you, Alex. He's been very creative this season, but it feels like a Riley team. <laughs> like, no, it's it, 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 it so much does. Like, um, Truthfully, like as I really think back through all the years and try to catalog, uh, you know, all the different teams, when you talk about a, a team coming back, particularly, and maybe let's not qualify it by finals teams because that's a, you know, an elite and, uh, and small list. But if you just talk about contending Miami Heat teams, when the cores have came back, 
I don't know that ever in the history of the franchise has it flipped on its ear like it has this year from uh, offensive juggernaut to a defensive juggernaut. Like literally, this is not uh, this is unprecedented. It, it is, and all of their better teams have been better defensively. Um, you look at the post LeBron teams where they struggled there for a little bit. Their defenses were were not good, um, and that that's really where it hit them. And you know, I'll have to look back at the fifteen sixteen season because I covered pretty much every game home and road of that one, but I can't really remember. I, I feel like they were better defensively than offensively also, although they kind of took off offensively weirdly enough when Bosch went out and Deng went in at the four, but typically again, heat teams are defensive minded teams, but I don't think tilted as much this way. And I'm with you, Greg. I don't think with the same personnel for it to flip like this, it's kind of weird to be honest. And, and I think that's part of the reason why they went all in, they're not all in, but why they went in on Oladipo, it's just, just build your strength, essentially just strength on top of strength. All right. We're going to talk about the Oladipo edition here briefly. We come back before we do though, I'll tell you about a couple of sponsors of the five reasons sports network. One of them is my bookie. Go to mybookie.ag. tournament is closing up here. So you definitely want to get in there and play, play before the games, play during the games, use the code five F I V E to make sure that you get that bonus because that's critical. That gives you a little bit more to play with. You can get a deposit bonus up to a thousand bucks. That's right. If you just make that first deposit, so throw some money in there, play around on mybookie.ag. use the code five. You can bet NBA. And of course you got a little bit of time now. I think the Marlins are projected at 71 and a half wins, which is low. Um, so if you think they're going to overachieve this season, make sure you get into mybookie.ag. use the code five. They got all the futures there for all the major league baseball teams with opening day coming up probably um, as you're hearing this episode episode also check out miami grill this is one of the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network of course they're local just like we are if you want those wings you want those gyros make sure you download the miami grill app or go to mymiamigrill.com again you can get those wings like four different ways it's great stuff and of course they're a sponsor of the five reasons sports network they're miami just like we are so check out miami grill for 30 years they've been bringing the big favorites from all the big cities so bring it home miami pick up drive through dine-in and delivery available at all locations i'll be over at the one on oakland park tomorrow all right let's get to oladipo he's going to play on thursday i think we anticipated that he wouldn't play in the second game here and make the trip to indiana it didn't make sense for him to do so um Spolcher talked about how he's been working with karan butler on the court um, we've seen a lot of players make, you know, heralded players making debuts at home. This is a little bit of a weird one, guys, because obviously you're not going to have a full crowd there tomorrow night. You know, you have, un, 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 what are they up to now? Four or 5,000, I guess. So it's not going to be a full building, um, but still there's significance. And here's the way I want to frame this. He's got 24 games left and the playoffs, I think, to prove to the Miami Heat that he should be a part of this future, right? I mean, it, it's not just what he can contribute to the team. It's, it's whether or not he's going to prove the value that they should give him the kind of money that he turned down from Houston, right? So what is a, let's just start here. And then tomorrow we're going to do a lot more on this, obviously, but Greg in a minute or less, what is a reasonable expectation for Victor Oladipo from now until the end of the 2021 season and playoffs? I mean, for me, uh, first off, let's just acknowledge that I don't think the Heat have ever had a 25-game evaluation period for a $25 million player ever. Like, I don't think they've ever been uh, pressed with this circumstance, and I think that that's a really fascinating thing to watch. Uh, but 
from a from a successful season standpoint for Depot, uh, from my perspective, it's uh, statistically, I'm not looking for him to go out crazy statistically. I mean, I think that they're obviously he, he needs to be approaching some level of uh, let's say 16 to 18 points and, and, you know, five assists, five rebounds, if we're going to like do the counting stats thing, but more, and more of this is going to be about how he attacks and what he can do defensively from a point of attack defender perspective. So um, I'm just interested to see how he meshes too with Tyler hero. I mean, after the break, shout out to heat expert for this quick one after the trade deadline, Tyler hero uh, he's been shooting 41% from three and he's doing stuff uh like getting to the basket a little bit more and now Duncan's doing a little bit of that. So now you're adding Depot to this mix. So I'm interested to see how he meshes. So success to me is really about winning uh, a lot more than it is about like Depot showing out statistically. All right. Good stuff. I'm clocked in a little over a minute, Alex, see if you can get there under a minute. You know, that's not my best strength. And, you know, speaking of best strengths, Oladipo tomorrow is going to get a hell of a shot to prove that he's that point of attack defender if they uh, start him in, uh, on Steph Curry. So that should be interesting. <laughs> I didn't but, think of that. <laughs> yeah, Oladipo, uh, it's a good point that Leif made, by the way. I thought it was really observant about that. You know, the, the fact that they have him in this circumstance where he's basically a rental. There's no sure thing that they're going to re-sign him at whatever number he wants. They don't really have any incentive to do that, given that all they did was give up, you know, Kelly and Avery Bradley and nothing else. Uh, so, you know, I think Oladipo, it's a really uh, interesting circumstance now that, they, that they're that they in with him is, you know, I'm kind of expecting around 15 points a game, like like Leif said, kind of around four or five assists, may, maybe a little bit less because uh, I don't know how much of the ball handling he's going to be doing. But I want to see him attack. I want to see him play off of screens. And uh, I, I can't remember right now who was talking about this. I, it was a Pacers writer. I can't remember his name right now. And, you know, he had this article that he did a great job uh it's on premiumhoops.com sorry i just wanted to make sure i got i gave him some credit there it's on premiumhoops.com he did a, he, he did a write-up on oladipo and how his rim pressure has improved this year and the other aspects of his game that haven't improved uh since the injuries you know he hasn't he can't pull up and shoot the same way anymore but oladipo as long as he's get coming off of those screens and attacking and making the right reads because i think he's a good playmaker too i think that's what they're going to be looking for right competing on defense uh, playing off the catch, not doing a whole lot of, you know, pick and roll playmaking, but uh, playing against the bent defense, going from there and either attacking or making the right reads. Uh, I think that's what his game is going to be based off of and, and how they're going to judge him. And that was Mark Schindler who wrote that article on premium. Thank you. All right. I'm going to start here and I need one word. Okay. Who is the backcourt player that Vic is going to be most effective with? Who who is the guy? Is who, who who is is it is it Dragic? It's Dragic it, or Duncan? I can't is decide. Is it Hero or is it Duncan? I'm gonna go Tyler Hero. Oh, okay. I'm gonna say Duncan. I'm gonna say Duncan. I think they're gonna they're gonna need, and I think this is gonna be a, an upcoming topic. I know my one word is Duncan, but this is just gonna be something I think we're gonna be talking about in the future because there's gonna be Vic closing, and then there's gonna be you got to pick one out of those three guys, right? Duncan, Hero, and Goron. And, you know, Goron has played really well with attacking guards multiple times in the past between Jimmy That's Dwayne and Dion when he was good. So, the, and, but Duncan is the best shooter. And, you know, if you're adding a third guy who's not exactly a shooter inside lineup with Jimmy and Bam, I have a feeling Spoh's going to go to Duncan more, especially with the stuff he's shown tonight that, you know, that dump off pass is beautiful. Uh, so I think it's going to be an interesting syndrome. It's more than one word. I'm going with Dragic. 
that's I I and and it is for something you said, Alex. Goran has not gotten the opportunity uh, to play with another attacking guard all that often, and Heroes put some of that in his game. We know that Goran struggled with that at times playing with Dwayne, but he had so much experience doing it with Dwayne that I feel like he's going to use that experience now and will be more effective. I think Oladipo is going to take a lot of pressure off Goran now. Goran's been good with Jimmy too. Goran's been good with Jimmy, but also now that Jimmy's now that Goran is not as much of a finisher as he used to be, he's more of a pull-up threat and a catch-and-shoot threat. I think playing him with Victor is going to take again some of the pressure off of him but we'll get into more of that tomorrow thanks to our sponsors miami grill check out best ever bst evr.com and of course mybookie.ag use the code five thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.